Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you so very much for taking a moment to take a look at the book with me. We're going to be studying about the Feast of God. I have a five-part audio series on CD entitled that, The Feast of God. How do they play into end times activities? Well, the Bible talks much about the Feast of God. They had a historic and agricultural background, and they have a great prophetic significance. Let's take a moment and listen to another portion of this five-part series entitled A Trio of Feast. We'll be back in just a moment to tell you how you can get your copy of The Feast of God. Right now, here's the study. Verses 38 and following. Now look at chapter 20, verse 1. The last detail. And the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple from whom, Je- whom Jesus loved. And he said, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. She came early while it was still dark before morning, and he was not in the cave. The borrowed burial site for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, friends, I've given you all of this detail, minute detailed information, to bring you to this point. I don't know if you can see this. I'll leave it here afterwards. But I have made a graphic of the exact activities that I've just detailed for you. I know several facts that I've just given you. John 12, 1, six days before Passover, Jesus Christ comes into Bethany. Now, when you say six days, you start with that day as one, so he gets here on Friday. Remember, the blue lines are lines of 6 a.m. of that day. The red lines are 6 p.m. of the day. You can come and study it later. Maybe you'll see it a bit better and understand. The first day is Friday. The second day is Saturday. I'm talking about Jewish days. Then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday is the sixth day until 6 p.m. Wednesday. Six days prior to Passover. I know something else. First fruits. The day of his resurrection has to be on Sunday. Leviticus 23 says, and first fruits is on the day after Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday, first fruits is Sunday. I can prove that another way too. Because from that day, the next day, count seven Sabbaths, and the day after, that's 49 days, the day after that is Pentecost. So I know first fruits has to be on Sunday because Pentecost has to be on Sunday. And they're 50 days apart. I'm locked into it. I know these facts for sure. I know another fact. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, when everybody tells me that on Good Friday, you've been duped again. In fact, if it was Friday that he was crucified, there was absolutely nothing good about it. But you've been duped again. 
But all those that tell me it happened on Friday say, well, I don't know how to explain Matthew 12, 40. What's Matthew 12, 40? Well, they came to him and said, hey, Jesus, give us a sign, man. You see, the Jews require a sign. Give us a sign. He said, I'll give you a sign. As Jonah was in the belly of a whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. Now, that's a pretty definite fact. Three days, three nights. I do know that in the Middle East, a portion of a day or a night is counted as a whole day. Now, wait a minute. I didn't say one day. It says three days and three nights. Genesis 1, 5. And the night and the day were the first day. So I got that fact down pretty good. Here's Sunday. See, Sunday starts at 6 p.m. Saturday and goes to 6 p.m. Sunday. Oh, I just remember chapter 20, verse 1 says, And Mary Magdalene came before the sun came up. Approximately 6 a.m. in the morning. So I've got 6 a.m. down here. Jesus Christ resurrected before 6 a.m. on Sunday. That's a night. He rose in the nighttime. There's one night. Here's one day, Saturday. Friday night is two nights. Friday is two days. <laughs> Friday, Thursday night is three nights. Thursday is three days. Oh, wait a minute. What is Thursday? Six days before Passover, Jesus comes into town. Oh! Passover starts at Wednesday, 6 p.m., and goes to Thursday at 6 p.m. And at the sixth hour, 12 noon, the earth went dark. But at the ninth hour, the lights came back on. Sixth hour, 12 noon, ninth hour, 3 p.m. I submit to you, Jesus Christ was crucified. After 3 p.m., before 6 p.m., because of the preparation that must be made to bury him before the high holy day, unleavened bread, the first day of the next week, and he is resurrected on first fruits, the Sunday. Well, so what? I have just given you the signature of God on not only His Word, on His Son's activities. What I forgot to tell you was that the feast of the Lord He gave to the Jewish people was the redemptive story for the Jewish people. And Jesus, thank you lady, the Paschal Lamb, the Pesach, Jesus died on Passover, was in the grave on unleavened bread, and rose on first fruits for the Jewish people. The signature of God.
on his word. What's the practical application? Glad you ask. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll take two minutes and we're gone. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul writing the people at Corinth has some very interesting things to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ is our Passover. Listen, folks. The feast of the Lord he gave to the Jewish people was the redemptive story, the unfolding of redemption for the Jewish people. Passover was the time for the Jews. Those feasts were for the Jews. That's the technical interpretation of the Word of God. Remember what Harry Balbach said last night when we turned to Hebrews chapter 12? He said, look, let me give you the interpretation of this portion of Scripture. Do you remember him saying that? I caught it. But he said, okay, now that's the interpretation. He gave that to us. He said, but I want to make a spiritual application from this portion of Scripture. And then he went ahead and gave his message. Did you hear that? You know what he was saying? All of Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And every bit of Scripture has a technical interpretation. It's to a certain people at a certain time for a certain purpose to accomplish a certain will of God. The book of Leviticus. Technically interpreted is not for me. I don't meet the standard of a priest. I don't need the sacrificial system laid out for me. I don't have to worship as they did with the sacrifices. But do you know the word holiness is used 87 times in the book of Leviticus? Though it's not technically interpreted for me, there's a spiritual application that's unbelievable. And though the feast of the Lord are for the Jewish people, the Passover was the redemption of the Jewish people, unleavened bread, the separation from sin, first fruits, the resurrection to guarantee he was the Messiah. There's a spiritual application, or let me put it this way, there's a derived benefit for me. And the Apostle Paul inspired a God, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and Christ, our Passover. Look at 1 Corinthians 11 just for a moment. 1 Corinthians 11, he's giving them the formula to do the Lord's Supper. He's telling them what you're supposed to do. Look inward. And then look backward. And then look upward. That's what he's telling them. You look inward. Examine yourself first before you have it. Look back to what Jesus Christ has done. Look up. Do this until I come. But look what he says here in verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ is not only our Passover. Jesus Christ is our unleavened bread. He makes us unleavened. What's leaven? Sin. Or for separation. He's our unleavened. And by our appropriation of Him, by partaking of Him, we become unleavened, pure, purged of sin. 
One more. 1 Corinthians 15. The unbelievable chapter on the resurrection, the proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, reporting over 500 people seeing Jesus Christ alive and well. Then he gets to verse 20. Look at this in verse 20. Jesus. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. Look at verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Christ, a derived benefit for you and me, non Jew. Our Passover, our Paschal Lamb, our unleavened bread, our matzah, our first fruits, a derived benefit, though to the Jew, spiritual application to me. But in addition to that, God picks up His Word written 3,500 years ago and says, hey, I think this is good enough. I'm going to sign it. My signature to guarantee this is my word. Father, <laughs> I was trying to think of what to say and all I can think of is to say, you're awesome. You're unbelievable. 3,500 years ago, you said, Moses, come here. These are the feasts that I want to give to the Jewish people. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, trumpets, Day of Atonement, tabernacles. My redemption will be within these feasts. Prophetically, looking down the corners of time, he saw 1,500 years to Jesus Christ. And those priests who had studied all of that, there are at least a multitude of them, saw the signature of God on his word in the person of Christ. And they Turn to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for letting us have the privilege of seeing this, your signature. And thank you for allowing us to have derived benefits that were first given to your people. Thank you for your love for us, made manifest in these things. In thy precious name we pray. Thank you so very much for taking a few moments to take a look at the book, the subject, The Feast of God. How do they play into end-time activities? Jesus Christ was crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread. He resurrected on first fruits, and as he promised, the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. By the way, there are three fall feasts the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus Christ will fulfill those feasts as well 
in the proper day sequences. Now, if you want to understand how the feasts predict the end-time events that are happening in our day, you need to have your copy of this The Feast of God, a five-part audio series on CD available right now. You can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That number is toll-free from across America. Call and order your copy of The Feast of God. Again, that number, 877-674-3298. Or if you'd like to, you can go right this moment to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and order your copy of The Feast of God, a five-part audio series on CD, available for you right away. And let me just remind you, everything that we've talked about in this study, and in fact all of the study of the Feast of God, indicates that Jesus Christ could come at any moment. Every prophecy that needed to be fulfilled before the rapture, when Jesus calls us to be with him, Every single one of those prophecies have been fulfilled. The rapture will begin the prophetic events prophesied in God's word that must happen before Christ comes back. Evidence of the fact that Jesus Christ could shout, the archangel could shout, and the trump of God could sound to call us to be with him in the air. That's the rapture. By the way, that could happen at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...